Are you 56 years old or older? Are you somebody who has a first name and a last name, but often go by the two first initials of your first and last name as your full name? Are you somebody who once played for the New York Rangers, the position of goaltender? Somebody who stood on his head in the Stanley Cup final but did not win the Stanley Cup? Do you have a glorious mustache and a semi-balding head? Have you been the president of the St. Louis Blues and the Columbus Blue Jackets? I know that this sounds like it could be anybody, but if it's you, the New York Rangers want you, and seemingly only you, to become the new president of hockey operations with the New York Rangers. Um, I can assure you that it is not me. My name is Joe Fortunato. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not Michael Murphy, although sometimes we do call him M&M, who is my co-host. Michael, say hello. You, I mean, you you are you don't have the mustache, but I have uh, a beard, not a not the lonely mustache. Listen, JD is sixty six, by the way. I said older than fifty six. I oh, there because you go. off the top of my head, I did not know how old he was, but I assumed he was older than fifty six. Um, you're listening to Bantering the Blue Shirts, the flagship edition. This uh, some good news for you, you people. We're gonna keep this show going, two shows a week. We're having a fucking killer April. Easily the best month we've had since we joined Vox. Probably the best month we've had in about a year. So, Capo Caco, doing great things for the Rangers and this podcast. Thank you all for the support. Um, And the show seems to blossom when I'm not involved with it. Well, you know, I said that, uh, but yeah, the show, the most listened to show since we've joined Vox was the show that I was not on, the emergency podcast with Shane and Tom. So what does that tell you right there? What does that tell you right there? Um, But yes, we will be continuing the two-show format. We will be doing the flagship uh, every... It goes live really Monday night. We say that it goes live Tuesday. But if you're listening on uh, your commute into work on Tuesday, it will be live for you. It's usually live around 10 o'clock on Monday. Um, And then the the Q&A show, again, goes up very late Tuesday, probably 10 o'clock or so. Um, but you can listen to it on your commute on Wednesday. Um, Michael, let's chat. But before Joseph. we chat about JD, let's talk about Stevie Y, who was reported yeah. to be interested in the New York Rangers job by Mr. Brooks, a Larry Brooks, an L. Brooks, if you will, LB. Um, and yeah, apparently that was not even remotely true. He actually declined. I guess the Rangers did reach out to him to gauge his interest, but he declined even speaking to them. Whatever agreement he had with uh, the Detroit Red Wings seemingly was in the works for years. His wife wanted to move back home. Detroit is home. Uh, why don't we talk about, because that was, we were really excited about that, right? Steve Yeiserman, and this is going to be a point that's going to come up as we continue to go about this, but one of the elite options out there, if you will, the Panarin of the president free agents, um, somebody who I think has truly kind of changed the way that the Tampa Bay Lightning were modeled. Um, he modernized that front office. He put that team in a position for success. They drafted very well. They did relatively good work in times of in terms of who they did and didn't sign. Their trades were relatively good. They did not go all the way. Tampa Bay Lightning, a shocking four-game exit out of the playoffs. But for everything that the New York Rangers' job was supposed to be, um, Yeiserman was supposed to be an option and he was not so what does that say mike words speak yeah not 
landing Eisenman is definitely a, a bit of a downer just because of how really just how proficient he seemed to be at his job in Tampa. And when he stepped down, uh, Lightning fans were understandably a little distressed because, uh, you know, this guy who had kind of cobbled together this team and found a way to, you know, not only build a great farm system um, and build a great pipeline to get, you know, how many guys did Tampa get out of their AHL team that just you didn't see coming like Yanni Gord is I know on the top of the list for a lot of people as a guy is like you know where the hell did Yanni Gord come from but uh finding that talent and you know he just didn't blink um in the Stamco situation and you know did whatever he had to do that would have been the best path for his team and you know you can say what you want about Tampa's uh early exit but they had a historically brilliant season and that was all set up by Stevie Y. Uh, not getting Iserman is definitely a bit of a bummer, but it does kind of make it seem like Joe Weeke. We're down to one candidate almost, right? Like there's been a little bit of talk about uh, Mike Gillis as you know someone who could be considered. Um, I think Gillis is uh, currently over, you know, has a or had or had a position over in the Swiss League, I believe, and then you know, before that he was. The GM and, uh, you know, the guy kind of helped put together that Vancouver team that was good before uh, it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and it's really between him and JD. And JD is has a really good resume in terms of kind of getting teams that were, you know, almost there. And you know, they wanted to be good teams and kind of taking them to a new level. He did that with the Blues and he did that with the Blue Jackets. The concern, I think, with JD is... You know, a phrase he used early in the show is that old boys club. Uh, I love John Davidson. Like most of our listeners, like his voice, him saying, oh, baby, was like mother's milk to me. Like, that's what I grew up on. But he is 66 years old. And I'm just, I don't know enough about, you know, what he, what his perspectives are in terms of, you know, how you get things done with, uh, with analytics and sports science and and how much of it is just kind of old school hockey mentality because it's hard to say with JD is he is he old school I mean he's 66 but it's also interesting you know when I before the show I was thinking about how they had they had JD on towards the end of the season um remember when uh, I think the Rangers play the Blue Jackets I believe and uh, they just talked with Sam and JD. Just talked about you know what was happening with uh, with Columbus heading into the the playoffs and and all, and you know w- with their free agents and Panarin and Bobrovsky and yada yada yada. But it is definitely interesting now. It looks like we're down to one candidate, Joe. That's sort of my issue right now, and and I guess we may as well tackle this. You know, I had a comment, uh, and a few people kind of have come to this realization that. The New York Rangers saying, and this is another Larry Brooks report, that it's JD or nothing. That is the epitome of old boys club. This we know better than you attitude from the New York Rangers. That's why Vigneault lasted two years longer than he should. And why Lindy Ruff is still here. And why Glenn Sather is still around. It, it It's a little bit of a contradiction because generally you use that terminology for, say, Keith Gretzky 
who is currently the interim general manager in Edmonton, right? Wayne Gretzky's brother. And everybody's saying, oh, he's he should get the job just because, you know, he has the pedigree. And a team like Edmonton is a team that's run with former players from the 80s glory days and just utilizing them over and over and over again in these roles, even though it doesn't work. That's old boys club. Scott Arneal putting in, you know, a recommendation for uh, Ruff and he gets hired by Vigneault. Again, that's old boys club. So the point, the, re- the differentiating factor here is that John Davidson is very qualified for this role. The Rangers could do much worse than John Davidson. John Davidson is somebody who I think has taken the St. Louis Blues and the Columbus Blue Jackets on different journeys, but to success. And they're mid-market teams that have sort of made a very big impact in their respective markets and to the national landscape as a whole. And I need to repeat this because people seem to miss this point. I think John Davidson would be a very good hire for the New York Rangers for the president role. He knows the team. He was a former Ranger. He has experience. He's done it in two other markets. Imagine what he could do in New York. And the assumption is Glenn Sather trusts him. And the assumption is that if Glenn Sather trusts him, James Dolan will trust him. And that's a big part of the job. What people are utilizing to be like, hey, this isn't like my issue is I don't give a shit. If John Davidson is the guy you Don't want give a shit. over anybody else, if you go into all of these interviews and you say to yourself, you know what, I don't care. You need to prove to me why JD should not get this job. And you want to talk to all of these people. And the guy that I really want to talk to is Brandon, I'm going to butcher this name, Pridham. He is the assistant general manager in Toronto. He's had a lengthy career in the NHL. The Maple Leafs are not hiring stupid people, okay? If Kyle Dubas thinks you are worth hiring as assistant general manager, you are worth talking to about modernizing the New York Rangers front office. I don't think there's been a bigger turnaround of an organization than Toronto under Kyle Dubas. I really don't. So you want to talk to people like that. Talk to a million people. Search under every rock, literally everything. Don't stop. And if JD is your guy, then JD is your guy. But to say, oh, we know JD is the guy. That's the old boys club mentality that digs team into holes. Rick Carpinello commented on that and he was like, well, nonsense. He's not there to be the general manager. I don't know what that means. It's almost more critical that the president who makes the decisions on scouting makes the decisions on the director of the team, on the direction of the team, the science that goes into it. Whether or not they're utilizing analytics, how they scout, the way that they go about their business. Exactly. That's important. And JD can do all of that. Especially for a team, Joe, like the Rangers. And this is, it feels like this is something we touch on every now and then. But like, for the rebuild, you have to say this with air horns and confetti and like streamers. Like, the Wolf Pack has been a disaster. That needs to just be completely gutted and redone, reimagined completely. We know that you know there's a there's a turnover within coaching staff, and this I like the idea that we're gonna get you know a a new brain in that front office, um, and hopefully it'll help put something in place that influences Chris Drury and you know kind of sets things on the right course. It's it's worth mentioning that the uh, the Cleveland Monsters were the uh, are the Blue Jackets AHL affiliate. They won the Calder Cup in 2015-16, uh, Joe. Um, the next two years, 
they missed the the Calder Cup playoffs, and they're back in the uh, the playoffs again this season. So they definitely are like you can say they've had you know some success. Like the the one of the years they they didn't make it, they had a record of thirty nine twenty nine and eight. Like that's a solid solid season. Um, you know, especially you know for compared to what we're <laughs> used to. Uh, with with the Wolfpack, especially for a team like Columbus that just doesn't have pockets as deep as the Rangers and you know the MSG organization does with Dolan, like it's I understand Carpinello's point, but I also don't understand it because it's as the president, you have a real influence on the culture of the team and how where money goes, how the structure is built. Like you you mentioned. You know, you mentioned in your piece about Sather um, that he maybe one of the most valuable things he brought to the table was that relationship he cultivated with Dolan, where Dolan, for better or for worse, and I think it goes without saying that no matter what your opinion is on Sather and his track record with his team, it was for the better that Dolan didn't meddle too much in what went on with the Rangers. He Right, but, but let me ask you a question about this. Yeah, yeah, and- yeah. I almost had a my computer was dying again, which would have been fantastic. But God damn you, Joe! The uh, the plug was right here, so we were good. Um, if is not the one of the biggest things that I think people took away from my comments and and people who feel the same way that you know only looking at John Davidson and and really let's be honest, if John Davidson did not have the New York Rangers background that he does, it's hard to say that this would be as much of a slam dunk as it is. So, in the case that that's what we're dealing with right now, right? And people are saying, hey, you have to hire JD because if you hire JD, he's the only guy in the field that Dolan is going to respect. They're not going to expect Pridham. They're not going to respect, you know, these other people that that you're looking at. And that's 90% of the job. Is that not old boys club? That James Dolan is only willing to talk and respect and not get involved with one person, that's a problem. Yeah, it's that's and, it's it's that is the, the epitome of old yeah. boys club. Even that's, if JD is qualified, which I am admitting he is, and I would be thrilled if JD was hired. Honest to God, I'm just saying it's very difficult to tell me this is not old boys club just because he's qualified. Yeah, that I think that's what's important here is the fact that the search has gone really cold and quiet and everyone knows why it's because the blue jackets are still in the playoffs um which means the rangers are just waiting for their exit you know whether it comes in the cup final or after the cup final is victors or who the hell knows at this point but that things are this quiet is is discouraging because uh an important point that i think brooks raised um in in his piece about this for the post was this is a really unique and important opportunity to steal ideas it's an important part of this industry um especially when you have a hole like this and you hear but you hear this language a lot when when teams are interviewing new head coaches right like edmonton needs to do this in a desperate way they need to interview guys and say how would how the hell would you fix our mess how the hell would you try and you know get something out of Milan Lucic or how the hell would you try to get you know put together a team based on the contracts we have and you know how would you be able to do what no one else seems to be able to do and turn some of our 
high picks that aren't Dreisaitl and uh, and McDavid into players. The Rangers need to ask guys, how would you turn around the culture of our AHL team? How would you find a way to, you know, build that culture within the organization where you scout and develop prospects and de- like develop draft picks? Because for really, it feels like the last decade and maybe decade and a half, Joe, it's been the Rangers pick really late in the first or in the middle of the first, or they've traded their first round pick and they're kind of buying guys that are like in the tail end of their prime and they're looking at undrafted options. And, you know, it's, we should deservedly celebrate the Georgievs and the Neil Pionks of the world, like when they find valuable players outside the draft. But in the salary, like those things are such crapshoots. You need to build through the draft. You need to build through a farm system. And the Rangers just haven't done that. They haven't developed that top-end talent that you can turn into cost-controlled assets, that you can turn into the cornerstones of your franchise and the core of your team. They haven't done it. Just not at all. And now there's this opportunity to steal some ideas with interviews. So my perspective is you interview anyone who's really a candidate, especially... You could do this knowing, by the way, the whole time that JD's your guy. And you can still interview guys and talk to them about what you might want to hear and think. And Because the other point is, JD is 66. Like, you know, he's not going to be here for a decade. It's hard to say, right? It's not like he's going to have a similar tenure to Sather. So I... I think this is a really important opportunity for this team that they can't really blow. They need to find answers. And just like you, I think JD is qualified, despite some, you know, anxieties I might have about whether or not he's, you know, has an old school mentality. I believe enough in his personality to know that he's a smart guy. I know he knows the game. I know he cares about this team and cares about doing it right. So I'm, I'm not too worried about that. I do have some concerns about just kind of being like, yeah, JD's our guy. We didn't get Eisenman and uh, call off the search. We're, yeah, we're how done. do you not? That's my problem with this. How do you not interview anyone? I don't even care if you're going into the interviews with the intention of JD is our guy. I don't care. But you have to do, like, there needs to be some form of due diligence. And, and Brooks was like, listen, if you're going to bet on JD, you better bet on JD. Like, you better be right because this is a very, very big decision. And yeah, I agree. for a gamble that must now work. For yeah. where the team yeah. is right now, this is a critical decision. And I sure as hell would rather talk to a bunch of people and make that decision than I would just say, oh, JD's the guy. He has to be. Former Ranger, everybody loves him, everybody trusts him. Like Part of the reason why hockey, hockey culture is the way it is is because we're only hiring people that other people trust. Look at the retreat of coaches that is running around this, this league. Very, very few outside-the-box hires. The Rangers made one of them in David Quinn. They were looking at Jim Montgomery. That was another one. The Flyers did Hackstall, and that was a complete disaster, and now they hired A.V., which... To all the Flyer fans who I did a thing for Broad Street Hockey, they think that I have sour grapes. You have no fucking idea what's coming your way, people. Oh, boy. Keep those receipts. You are going to want to look back on them, or at least I will. But but this is the point. 
And JD, again, would be a fine hire. This has nothing to do with John Davidson. It's weird. It has everything to do with the fact that the Rangers think they know better than everybody else and they don't need to talk to anybody else. And I think it's fair to say JD is obviously going to be the next president. There's no reason to assume that he won't be. He's wanted this job for a while. Former Ranger was a Sam's play, color commentary color commentary guy forever. Um, I grew up on JD. I love JD. I don't have enough good things to say about JD. I don't know if JD is the right man for the job. I know he's probably not the perfect man for the job, but he could be a great hire. He's probably a fine hire, though. He could be a great hire. I like the idea of JD more than Sather. I mean, oh, one hundred percent, absolutely. That goes without. And JD has very much so seemed to move with the game. I've listened to some comments he's had on analytics with Columbus. Um, He was the driving force between Columbus going for it. I'm not even going to try to pronounce uh, Columbus's general name. There you go. Uh, That's an outside the box hire and a really big one that I believe JD made. Yeah, and um, is if, pretty my, great. if my timeline is correct. So you are talking about, like, this is a guy who's not afraid to do, again, I think the only, honest to God, if I knew the Rangers interviewed five or six people and trying to talk to the Iserman doesn't count, I'd feel a whole hell of a lot better about this. But the fact that when Larry Brooks about two weeks ago wrote his article about, hey, here are the names that you know may come up, and he's throwing like Mike Lombardi and, and Gillis, and and then he's got Leach, Messier, he is fucking who else, you know, Dave what other former, yeah. yeah, what other former Ranger can you throw on the list? And then you know he had a few, like he had Geisman, he had Pridham, and um, it comes back to this. It's just oh, that's what we're dealing with right now, and that's the problem. Well, that's because- really why Mike Gillis is someone who I went out of my way to me- mention because he was considered to be one of the first GMs to really kind of take analytics seriously. And, yeah, in Vancouver. And he did a very good job. And then, uh, I don't know, Joe, he had a coach, you know. He had a coach that didn't always... Uh, always do the right thing? Who could that be, Michael? I don't know. He's in He's in Philly now, though. He's, he's married to Gritty, apparently. Yeah, they, uh, that's sweet. Best of luck oh. to them. They seem like a sweet couple. Uh, but... You know, like there's a lot, there's a lot to consider here from from the search. I hope we get get some rumblings about, you know, some more interviews and kind of thinking outside the box. And I did check the timeline just just to make sure for for folks who are listening. Uh, you know, if you're at work, you don't have to look this up. JD did hire Yarmo, um, and that so and to me. That is, That's an he enormous. He took over 2012, 2013, and Yarmo's uh, first year, I believe, uh, was 2013. That's an enormous hired. boon on JD's resume. And, Hell yeah! You know, I don't know if you saw his comment, Yarmo's comment about how, you know, he had to go for it this year. They thought about it, but he had to go for it because God if they didn't. Right. Um, you know, everybody would just say fucking Columbus. And, and that's outside the box because he was 100%. the first European general manager. And there's just, balls behind that move that JD needs to support. Big so and and you know what balls. they put. I don't care if they get crushed in the second round. That's already a, a moral victory, and, and it may not seem like a lot, but it really is for that organization. Mm. And I just, uh, I don't know. Look, it, it's weird. It has nothing to do with JD. If you're listening to this, John, I think you'd be a fantastic president. I I just feel like the Rangers should, at the very least. 
Because who knows? He could be the best choice, honestly. He very well yeah. could be. Put him, maybe, but I maybe just want to interview everyone. Says, and you know interview what? everyone. Here's the other thing, and, and you kind of brought this up, and I, I think this was the point you were trying to make. You have Even if JD's your guy, you have no idea what other people are going to say to you that might make you think, huh, that's interesting. Steal ideas, man. Right. That's We've a, never looked at it this way. way to, it's it's just like in the ways. office. where It's like, I have a plan. I think it's Will Arnett, right? He's like, I have a plan. It's like, oh, no, it's not. No, yeah, it is, right? I have a plan. And they're like, well, what's the plan? He's like, well, I'm not just going to give you the plan. You hire me, and then I'll give you the plan. And that's what, like, get those ideas. Figure it out. Just, uh, look, it is old boys club. It may very well work out because John Davidson is qualified for the job and is probably a very good hire. But it is old boys club. The Rangers, for their existence, have thought they know better than everybody else. And four times in their existence, they have. And that should scare the shit out of you. Period. End of story. Maybe yeah, JD. Should. See that? Just fucking throwing yep. shit down. But you again. Could be, yeah, you could be doing things the old boys club way and still find a guy who seems like he'd be a great fit like JD. But the process part of it is what makes this decision for the president that much more important, right? You need a new way of thinking in the Rangers for an office because look look beyond what this team has been capable of doing and I know I got you know I got a lot of interesting reactions from uh, I wrote a piece about whether or not Panarin would choose Florida over the Rangers and you know most people you know are just like well yeah uh, there's something there but other people like everyone wants to play New York and we have unlimited money it's like okay well Pretend for a minute that the Rangers didn't have the advantage of the prestige of playing in New York and that they didn't have enough money to get out of jail all the time. This organization would be a mess. The Rangers have like bought talent at every opportunity and only recently have they kind of acknowledged like, yeah, it's not working. We actually have to try and play, you know, build a team like everyone else that's had successes building their teams like you have to you just have to do it and that means we need new people we need new brain power we need new ideas so interview everyone and if jd's still the right guy hire him and be happy about it especially because you're just waiting you're waiting to see what happens with columbus there's there's no reason not to exactly and it's i mean some of the people that you want to talk to are still in the playoffs right now but Talk to everybody. I don't want Lombardi anywhere near this team as a as a oh, president. God, no. Talk to him. Talk no, to no, him. No, See no, what no. he has to say. Yeah, why not? Go talk in with the right intentions. Talk to everybody. Ask right. Dave Maloney to come up. At least he'll keep everyone entertained. I love Dave Maloney. Yeah, I don't know how good Dave Maloney would be as the president. but I didn't say I think he'd be good as the president. I just said I love the man. Well, Michael, you were a little, uh, I don't know. He's your, he, he's the, your fun uncle. Dave Maloney is uh, yeah, the fun he's, uncle. He's who, playing with fireworks. Yeah, he's like, you want to try a sip of beer, kid? And you're like, yes. And then you realize that the beer is laced with meth, and now it's not a game anymore. Wow, you took that to a place. Well, that's where it is now. It's in the meth house. Do you lace beer with What'd meth? What'd you say? Is that, is that... Do I like meth? No, I'm asking if that is something that's been done. Do people spike beer with meth? Mm, I mean, I'm sure a meth head does. I don't know. Do you smoke? Can you meth? Ingest I don't even know. I thought you uh, in, in injected. Meth. Uh, 
I actually don't. I no. And I'm actually I'm going back to Breaking Bad, which I've only seen a couple of episodes from, and I'm pretty sure it's a crystal, and he like smashes it and snorts it. So I don't even think you. I don't know. Actually, I have no idea. I don't know what you do with meth. Anyway, you probably we're wouldn't not, put it in beer. Then we don't. We haven't this spent enough time in America's seedy underbelly to know these yeah, things. We're not. So. We're not this is we're not the drug boys. use podcast. Believe it or not. Sweet we boys really and cool. me. Um, okay, let's talk about some shit. Yeah. Tampa Bay loses in four, so the first round pick that was guaranteed to the Rangers in the event that they win the Stanley Cup becomes the 58th overall pick in the uh, NHL, which is in the second round. You let us down, Tampa. Yeah, you fuck you, down. Tampa. By the way, how fucking cursed are the Rangers of 2014? Oh, I know. I mean, seriously. The, you're talking about guys like Stroman lost the cup twice. They lost in the cup final twice. I feel all those Eastern Conference final losses, just all the playoff losses, it's tough. Brian the Boyle. The one that's hardest for me is just because the career he's had and how much shit he got here, Dan Girardi is a goddamn warrior. And it's a shame because he just, you know, he's on an expiring deal. And now the other one is Callahan. Callahan's going to get bought out. It's. I mean, he could find a new home somewhere as a as a depth forward on a on a super team friendly deal, but kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it too, buddy. It's it's a shame because, man, I was I was full fledged a diehard like Church of Callahan while he was here. I love the way he played. Blocking shots, Joe. Blocking was that the shots. End of it? That was a, I thought that was yeah. Someplace else. No, I just was reflecting. All right, you know, so now talking that, like friends do. I, well, I thought you wanted to be a friend. No, 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 listen, that's what we do. But um, I miss one yeah, week usually. because I have oral surgery, and you, and you just, you just. Yeah, Mike. If I I forgot to tell you guys, well, I told you. Did you listen to any of the shows last week? Yeah, you said my voice went out because of the. Yeah, you, you blew it out. You blew your yeah. your mouth out because of the caco celebration, which I thought was uh, mm-hmm. thought it was appropriate, actually. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, so Tampa loses, so the Rangers get the 58th overall pick. Winnipeg also out in the first round. That pick can fall anywhere from 18 to 22, and Mm. that depends on which teams go to um, the final four, so the conference final. So the teams in front of Winnipeg, as far as I can tell right now. Thank you, St. Louis, by the way. um, Yes, thank you, St. Louis. Louis. Maggie's, uh, her gang did a pretty good job on that one. That was Um, a solid it looks like we need one of like Carolina, um, Dallas. I'm trying to. It's hard to do it this way. The Rangers need some things to go their way. The the latest it could be is 22. The earliest it could be is 18. Um, the Dallas Stars pick is mm. still in limbo. I believe they are up three two in that series, if I'm not mistaken. They are, Joe. Um, and if they win, and then they win the that next game round, just started. By the way, it's zero zero. Um, we're talking about their first-round picks. So the Rangers could still theoretically have three first-round picks. Now, so that's out there. Mike, I asked Adam this question. I'm curious what your answer to this question is. Oh. Um, The Rangers have Capo Caco. Sure. Or Jack Hughes. Are you more or less likely to use the assets that the Rangers have now because they're getting one of the best players in the draft to either move up in the draft, maybe for Truba, for Adam Fox, although that would not be a first-round pick usage. Um, talk to me, baby. Talk to me. I think the right thing to do is to be flexible. And 
what that means just is... Just do a split right on the draft floor. What? <laughs> Slam your balls into the just ground as you do it, trying to impress everybody. Do that All thing where you Jeff point... Gordon, he goes out, he's got chalk on his hands. You point he's at just... your own eyes, and then you point at someone else's eyes across the room, and then you just start breakdancing. Yeah. Gordon just out some he, cardboard he walks up to the podium. He just puts his leg up, and his leg is as high as his head. He's just stretching it against the podium. Oh, like, that's shit. right, bitches. Look at how flexible I am. You wear those light-up sneakers that we grew up with? Then Capo Caco turns to his his agent. He's like, what the fuck is happening right now? They're like, I don't, I don't really know, but this is your new team now. You're a dancer. Yeah. You're Continue. dancing now, son. Um, I think flexibility is important, especially because, like, I know... Like, there's a lot of talk of, like, oh, what could we get for Ryan Stromer? Like, when do we trade Chris Kreider? And the answers to a lot of that, a lot of those questions are, well, what's on offer? What could you, like, what are teams willing to give up? And for, like, a guy like VC, in my opinion, you you take whatever you can get, Joe. Um, Brooks seems to think he's gone. Yeah, and, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, that's, hopefully he can bring back something like, you know, uh, to me, I don't know. Second round pick would be pretty solid for me, but uh, I feel like there's some belief that it'll be more like you know a young player um, that just doesn't have a terribly high ceiling. That's just a different sort of player than Jimmy VC. Um, but you know, Jimmy VC puts bucks in the net, and people like Jimmy VC goal. Jimmy VC goals. Jimmy VC score good goal. Uh, Crides is the tough one, right? Because that's... The, you have Chris Kreider. He had the year he had where he definitely fell off a goddamn cliff, which makes his value really shaky. But then, of course, it came out that he had the injury and he's playing through the injury. And it's he had such a good career year, Joe. And it's just like... At one point, you and I were talking about this. Like it was just like a foregone conclusion the guy was going to score thirty, right? It's just like, yeah, like how does he not score thirty goals? And sure enough, he ends up at twenty-eight, tying what he did uh, two seasons ago. And now looking at, you know, what what Crides is and and where this team is, I think you do listen, uh, but you don't rush into anything, especially because there's another opportunity to trade at the deadline. But it is very interesting because of the number of guys now who are those pending UFAs after next season. It's Krides, it's Nemestikov, it's VC, it's Fast. Um, so there, there's there's a lot of rentals, but the, you can also trade other guys that might have more value. And uh, there's a lot of question marks about what the hell happens with Stahl and Shattenkirk and, and Brendan Smith and their future with the team and with Stahl and Smith, whether or not they get bought out. There's so many moving parts to this that I feel like just because you get the second overall pick doesn't necessarily mean you completely change your your draft strategy. I think you watch what's on the board. You have a couple of plans in place of, or an ideas of what you would like to do. And if you feel like you might get someone who you know, who's falling on the board and someone like you really might want to just take a swing for him, then yeah, make a call and say, all right, you know, we're willing to give up Jimmy VC to move up a couple picks. Like, you know, are you, is that an attractive offer to the team that's on the other end of that phone? But I'm, I don't think it's, it's, it should change too much because just because you get the second overall pick doesn't mean your rebuild's over to me. You, you got so much work to do. 
The hmm. defense alone is a Mike, goddamn mess. Mike coming in hot, hot, hot. Um, Capocacco obviously changing everything for the Rangers. We're, we're, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves right now. Uh, and we should be, to be completely honest with you, because we're getting Capocacco and you are not getting him. Although we very well, I guess, could get uh, Jack Hughes, and that would be fine too. Okay? That would all be so, fine. So, like, here's the way I look at it, Joe, okay? Like, you need to paint a room. And before you had the idea of getting Capo Caco, or if the devils overthink it, you get Jack Hughes and you laugh your way to the bank. You're trying to paint a room with, like, uh, really tiny brushes. Like, you know, like when you get those shitty watercolor sets as a kid. Getting Capo Caco, all of a sudden, you have one of those wider brushes. Like, you just like, oh yeah, we can really get cooking now. But you still have a whole room to paint. You still have a whole team to build, right? You got more work to do. But you just got a huge boost. I don't think it changes everything in terms of how you approach the rest of this rebuild. Because Capocaco doesn't do a goddamn thing for your defense. And he doesn't do a goddamn thing to answer who the hell the second line center is going to be in this organization. You want it to be Filipino. But, I mean, you have to kind of be patient with these kids. You can't just say... You know, grab a pen or a permanent marker and write in Filipino as 2C and move on. You got to let these kids marinate and figure out what the hell you have. And part of that problem is, Joe, you don't have a goddamn farm team you can trust. Maybe JD will change that, Michael. In one year? Okay, then. That's good. There it is. One year, JD. Get get, get, if, you don't, get, if you don't change it in one year. Oh, got, baby, this thing yeah, around in a hurry, we got bud. pretty serious problems. I can tell you that right now. Oh, baby, this team in the glory. Oh, Jesus. Uh, well, what else, Mike? Not a ton to talk about on the flagship. The Rangers haven't really done anything, obviously. Um, yeah, we know that uh, Hank and Crides and Shea are all going to uh, the Worlds, um, which starts up May 10th. We'll talk about that when it comes around. Especially because, like, if Chris Crowder has a big old Worlds, it'll be Just good a big news. Swinging Dick Worlds, and also, honestly, I think it would be really valuable and encouraging to see Brady Shea have a good tournament. Just because, God, he was just stuck to Adam McQuaid, and then when he wasn't stuck to Adam McQuaid, things seemed to be better. But Joe, they're tied up to Brady Shea, you know. You're uh, tied right in there to Brady Shea. Now. You're, you're tied up and tied up, sweet. You gotta, you gotta hope he. I mean, it's it's crazy to think he's twenty five now. When did Bra- when the hell did Brady Shea turn twenty five? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Our existence at this point. If you think about how long it's been, it's been two years. I was just thinking about this the other day. It doesn't feel like two years since the Rangers last made the playoffs. Yeah, you know? right? it it, it's gone relatively like quick, yeah, and and this the whole season was validated. And it's stupid to say that, but it's true. The whole season was validated. Yeah. I mean, you you get one of, if not the best player in the draft. Period. End of story. Even though you you didn't do a good job of trying to make your way to him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and you know what? I got to be yeah. honest. There's some big dick swinging energy of David Quinn being like, we won the game, the last game of the season. We just the coaches looked at each other. We just didn't even care. Go about and do things the right way. And you know, in the moment, I was like, that is why are we like boys? What are we doing? And it ended up being. You know, it ended up working out really well for the Rangers. Just, so that's I want to point out. I don't think that's a case of the universe rewarding you for going about things the right way. I think yeah, that's it's just not, it's definitely not. That just like tripping over 
a goddamn buried but pirate treasure. Again, that conversation, like I'm it's not fine. Cursed, by the way, a lot of pirate treasure is cursed. I'm fine with that being a conversation from uh, what's it called? From the coach, right? That's fine. From David Quinn, it's Jeff Gordon who I need the. I, I need the kind of those moves that we were complaining about. I want Quinn to try to win every game. He has to try to win every game. That's his job, man. That's his job. Okay. Develop those babies. Sit on those eggs until they turn into full-blown chickens. Now. That, that's how eggs work, right? Uh, yeah. So dogs also, lay eggs. Also, we could talk about U18 Worlds. I have not watched the foot. Have you seen Kako at all? He's not in the U18 Worlds. I thought he was playing in a couple of games for Finland. Oh, no, I don't think so, buddy. No? Oh, I'm just a moron. Then he must be playing for Finland in the world championship. Yes, he, with, he with was named to that roster. Yes, with fucking right. men. Yeah, and that's that just goes to show like how he's an ox, man. That kid. Yeah. Jack Hughes not playing with Matt. Jack Hughes, then again, Jack Hughes is uh, five goals and five assists so far. Yeah, but uh, he's, playing, he's playing with children, Michael. Playing with little boys. I mean, I got to be honest with you. As much as I think that... Um, playing in the sandbox... As much as I think that, uh, what's it called, that Jack Hughes is probably the top overall pick in the draft, as much as I think that he is the best prospect in the draft, yeah, Kako fits the Rangers' current system better. Just that big body who attacks the net. The Rangers have nobody who crashes the net. He's going to completely, not his first year, but he's going to just change the dynamic of the New York Rangers. Not that Hughes wouldn't. I just... I don't know. I'm so caco right now. It would be oh, yeah. hilarious. I, but you know Devils what? I'll take. Hughes. I would take either guy and be. Oh, a hundred percent. You would. I would be skipping up and down if the Devils passed on Hughes. Just Same like way every, I'm going to be skipping up and down yeah. when they pass on Caco. So. Just like every other dope, by the way, I'm all about that Cole Caulfield on Team USA. Ooh, Cole. Yeah, but it, he's again tied at the hip to Hughes. The Rangers did not take Wallstrom because they I thought know. he looked really good because of Joe, Hughes, and they were right. But hear me out. He's got nine goals in three games. Yeah, he's a fucking monster. I'm not saying. I think he scored like seventy goals this year. He's for, just. He's just a. Be- he's five foot seven. He just and takes he's just that. That's goddamned beast. Jams it into your face. You know what else gets jammed into your face, Michael? A mug, which oh. you could have. Which I actually received mine today. I was gonna it's, say it's a special mug. I was expecting you to write a little note in it, and you didn't, and that kind of upset me. Well. Uh, Aiden Gaspar, Alex Gardner, Armeo Kistner, Andre Chicagoff, Andy from New. Jersey. Sorry, your name ah. cut off and I had to look for it. <coughs> uh, sorry. Anthony Viola, Arch Williams, Beezer, Bob Kawa, Chris Habibi, Chris O'Connor, Dan Carozzi, Daniel DeGen, Danny Santiago, David L. Singer, Eric Cohn, Eric Carlson, Fancy Lawrence, Gabriel Vargas, 50, Igor Satlovsky, James Dangles, John Reppy, Johnny Alo, Jordan Sassone, Joshua Zarkin, Keith Franchillo, Guy from Montana, Michael Silvers, Mike Offit, Panero in 2020, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Robert, Thomas Osa, Trevor Kempner. Thank you all for donating. If you have given us your address, you should have received stickers. Yeah, and if you haven't, you should definitely... Yeah, um, give us your address, you bitches. DM Dori on Twitter, um, or shoot me an email. You can find my email address under my Blue Shirt Banner profile. Uh, If everyone that was supposed to get stuff, and that means what level you were on Patreon, plus I have your address. I have to have both those things. Yep. I can't just tie like a, a mug to a raven and push it out into the storm and hope it gets to you. It needs we need the address of that for that raven to go to. Needs a heading. Needs a bearing. So tell you what. What? Chicken butt. Oh. Thank you all for listening.